0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: What is up, Packers fans? Welcome to another edition of For Cheddar or Worst, Acme Packing Company's podcast covering the good, bad, and everything in between surrounding the Green Bay Packers. I am your co-host, Chris Burke, joined alongside, as always, by someone who is actually in attendance um, for that little debacle on Thursday night Lindsay uh, how was your first Lambo experience
2: oh you know it uh it would have been better had it resulted in a w but um truly nothing can take away from that experience it was really really cool i've been wanting to go to a game at Lambo for so, so long. And it was just fantastic to finally, finally be there. I do wish it was, you know, for a season like last year, the last three years, but <laughs> I guess, you know, it is what it is. And it was just really cool too. Cause I was there for, you know, Leroy Butler's, uh, you know, enshrinement, if you will. And his, his final Lambo leap with the help of a ladder, which I just, so so much respect for him. I love him. It was so, so great to see him honored and and to be there for that. So it was really, really special. And uh and I, I loved every minute of it, as cold as it was and as disappointing as it was at times too.
1: Yeah, you know, that that's that first time there's really nothing that you can do. You know, there's really not even even in a bad game, it really can't affect those vibes, you know, like
2: exactly. What,
1: my first, my first game. So I'm older. I'm going to date myself a little bit here. My first game was, I believe in like 92. It was right after Brett Favre took over as starter. And I think Green Bay was, Green Bay was playing, I think the Philadelphia Eagles and they lost that game. Um, but it was still so cool. Uh, it was a September game. So it was, the weather was still nice. Um, oh, yeah. actually, I think it went for my birthday, but, um, yeah, it's, it's the, the, you, you never forget your first time. I mean, look at me. I can remember it 30 years later now.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I will remember it for the rest of my life. And I, uh, I definitely got the full Lambo treatment in the sense that I froze my ass off and it was the best, the best experience. So I couldn't be happier and I wouldn't change a thing except for, you know, the result of the game. If I could, I would have them win, but it was still really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, the Lambo experience, I, I like cold games at Lambo. I mean, not like 2007 NFC championship game cold, but they're just, I feel like there's more magic in the air when it's cold, even if you are slightly miserable, uh, in that, in that temperature.
2: There is, it's, it's how, it's how Lambeau was meant to be experienced. And, um, and yeah, it really wasn't so bad. It was really until the fourth quarter, I was fine. Cause we were all crammed in, you know, together, which, which was nice. Uh, I welcomed the, the body heat of a perfect stranger, (laughs) um, for the first time ever, probably. And so that was, that was really, uh, you know, that, that was a lot better than I thought it would be. It wasn't as bad or as cold as I, I initially thought. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty special. I'll remember it forever.
1: I mean, at least you'll remember the experience, but the game, um, I think, was mostly forgettable.
2: The game itself, yeah, yeah, with a with the exception of a few, you know, a few plays. I mean, let's just get into it, right? Let's start off with <sighs> Aaron Rodgers. Oh boy, I mean, it was a completely different game, just altogether than the Cowboys, especially Aaron Rodgers' performance. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if maybe his thumb injury is more severe than he's leading on. Is it the cold weather that's making it worse? So on the occasion that the, you know, when the defense did make a stop, Offense just couldn't make anything come of it. I mean, we had a couple strong plays. We did, you know, convert the two down or the two point uh, conversion, <laughs> and and uh, we had a couple of touchdowns. But I mean, there's just seemingly like the way that I'm interpreting it, and and watching it live too. I mean, I was like. I could, cause we were sitting behind the uprights and, um, on the, the South end zone. And so I, I could see all the receivers that were wide open and I was like, why are you not throwing it to them? And every time he did throw, well, I won't say every time majority of the throws that he had, they were inaccurate. They were like, I mean, he took a grounding, intentional grounding call, like all of these all of these things that I just, I don't understand. I I don't know if it's just his heart isn't in it anymore, or if it's age or if it, if he's really re- ready to retire and he's regretting coming back this season, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a culmination of, of all those things and more, but um, even in the post-game press conference, he just sounded so nonchalant and unfazed by everything. I mean, he did take, you know, responsibility, which, which was good. I mean, he, he obviously knows that he didn't have the strongest game.
1: Yeah. He doesn't usually do that. He usually, it's usually a we not a me or an I think so at least, at least he learned that, you know.
2: Yeah. He just seemed so unfazed. Um, And I don't know if, if that's just his, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's not used to this. He really isn't used to this. So maybe, maybe he's trying to put on a, a certain front and then, you know, whatever, I don't know. But what are your thoughts? I just,
1: I we're, I think we're in the, this, I think we're in the death throes of the Aaron Rodgers era at this point. I really do. Um, And I hate saying it cause it, I didn't want it to end this way, but Football is a fickle beast. You don't always get the ending you want. Not everybody can walk off like uh, Peyton Manning, for example, as a Super Bowl winner and then right off into the sunset. Um, but it just, it seems like he's just, it's, his accuracy is gone. So either, if his thumb injury is is that bad, that it's just throwing his accuracy off that much, somebody needs to put him in his place and sit him, take him out of the lineup, let it heal, because it's costing them games. Um, I mean, at this point, it's probably too late that, the body's already, you know, the body's starting to get cold now on the 2022 season, you know, and I think as soon as they're mathematically eliminated or they're basically down to like 2%, you know, anything under 10% to make the playoffs, I think you're going to see Rodgers go on IR and you're going to see Jordan Love the rest of the week because they got a big decision awaiting him. But um yeah, I just, I, no, usually with some QBs, a lot of times there's a slow decline in performance. Aaron Rodgers as great as he's been. Unfortunately, it looks like he's one where it's just, it's fallen off a cliff. Um, and just some of those balls, some of the balls weren't even close. Like on the positive side is the receivers are getting open. So at least Matt LaFleur's scheme is still sound, but we'll get into him uh, a little later. Um, Cause it's, it's not all rainbows, and unicorns for the head coach either. That's for sure. But I just, I I think we're in the death throes of the Aaron Rodgers era. and It, it sucks it has to end this way.
2: Yeah. Another, another place where it's not all rainbows and unicorns is our defense. The, the surprising thing. And I think for most people, it wasn't the run defense, this game against the Titans. I mean, they held Henry to under hundred yards for an average of 3.1 yards of carry. It was the pass defense that hurt us just Over and over again. Um, and it's, you know, it's usually the opposite. Usually we are, um, experiencing, you know, terrible run defense, but I mean, the couple of standout stops and the Douglas interception were all but forgotten by the many mistakes and missed tackles that this game was just riddled with on the defensive side of the ball. I, (sighs) I don't even know what to say at this point. I mean, we have such great players. We keep saying it, but we really do have strong players. And I think it really comes down to the the coach and the uh, the defensive coordinator. I mean, I really, really do think that we need to think about Barry and his uh, his spot on, you know, on the Packers. I he's not showing that he can. Do much of anything, so
1: no. It's it was a it was a nepotism hire, as Paul Noonan finally wrote. Um, you know, it's just it's at that point now where he's not the guy. There's way too much talent there, and too many too much resources, by the way, including Brian Gutekunst, you know, bringing in players off the ta- off the streets, but also in terms of draft picks, there's way too much invested there to be that bad. Um, and I do think it, usually an in season firing a coordinator is useless. I think it's really needed at this point. Get rid of Joe Barry shit can him as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then let Jerry Gray, Even though, yes, I know the secondary had a rough game yesterday or on Thursday, but uh, I just, at least Jerry Gray's got the experience. Let him, let him call the defense the rest of the way and pick up the pieces afterwards. There's definitely, you know, that's going to be definitely a point of off season discussion is uh, Matt LaFleur's hiring abilities. Um, I think definitely need to be questioned here. You know, Evero, you know, Denver, okay. Denver, Denver's defense, who, you know, it came down to Joe Barry and a Giro Evero. Um Matt LaFleur went with Barry as the no commodity because he was a friend. And if you want to, we really should probably link to that again. Paul's piece on Joe Barry's hire. It's, it's fantastic that he wrote last year, but uh Evero has done very well in Denver. You know, we're recording on Sunday and they blew coverage against, you know, Devontae Adams with the Raiders, which you never, never a good idea to do that as we've, as we witnessed in Green Bay, but uh yeah, it it's, he's not the answer. It's come down to coaching at this point. And Joe Barry's got to fall on is got to, he's got to go. And if Matt LaFleur does not fire him at the end of the season, I think it's time to, I, I'm going to go and make a hot take here. It's time to put Matt LaFleur on the hot seat for 2023. I'm sorry. Um, if he, if he, if he can't hire proper help, um, I don't care how good you are at the rest of your job. That's that's terrible leadership.
2: Speaking of uh, speaking of Lafleur um, in the post game uh, press conference that he did, um, he is he said, "quote There was no consistency in terms of being complementary, offensively and defensively." And we all know that. We all know that our problem this season has been that we have not figured out a way to be one team and not three separate teams he's asked the same thing over and over again after each of the losses, which is essentially what went wrong. Right. And each week it's the same thing. He always gives credit to the opponent for being the better team while repeating this, while we repeat the same mistakes week after week over and over again. And yet we don't, we don't do anything to fix it. There's, there's no, remedies to these mistakes. I I don't understand how that keeps happening. I mean, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, we've got to be more resilient and be capable of bouncing back because this, I mean, it's the NFL. We cannot, like, we, we just can't lay down after one setback in each game. I just, I don't, I don't know. I I mean, he he's also having an off year. It's not just the players. It's it starts with him, too. And I mean, I don't think that uh, that LaFleur should lose his job. I think I think he's got a lot to learn as well, though.
1: Yeah, when you have it on cruise control like they did the first three years, you know, you don't really learn a whole lot. He had it on easy mode for three seasons. And now that it's, you know, that he's being challenged immensely, uh, he's failing miserably and he's stumbling over his own feet. Um, the quote he said, another quote he said after the game was, quote, I don't know what to say it was this way a few days ago. Dude, you're the head coach of the football team. You're supposed to have the finger on the pulse of this team. Not doing that is a failure of leadership. I mean, it's, it's an abdication of your job. It's horrible. Uh, there's, there's no reason for that. Um, I'm like, I'm not ready to have the Matt Lafleur conversation yet, but boy, um, you know, the moment adversity strikes, he can't seem to step up to the plate and make the hard decisions a strong leader did. You know, they did it a week prior. You know, they were down twenty eight fourteen to Dallas, and they came back from that, and I'm like, okay, maybe they're off and running. And then That's they promptly face-planted straight into the ground. That's what makes this maddening. Exactly. Um, Well, and we and everybody dunked on Mike McCarthy on his way out. And yes, it was probably time for him to go, but I'm gonna say it again. His teams fought. His teams had an edge to them. I don't want to hear a thing, I don't want to hear any more crap about Mike McCarthy um in that regard. His teams were at least prepared. Did they win every game? No. Um the offense got stale, but at least his teams fought. You know, this Matt LaFleur just seems oh, okay, you know, if this is what happens. And I, th- Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst both, I think, are both guilty of this. This is what happens when you let your quarterback hijack the organization. He's taken – they basically bowed down and they completely gave in to Aaron Rodgers. Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy would have probably learned, you know, at least they did that with Favre. You know, they finally said, look, Brett, you're good. We know we've got something good in Aaron. I mean, I get it. They may not have that in Doran Love. I mean, Doran Love hasn't – there's a story about Aaron Rodgers when he was practicing um, in 07 you know, the year before he became the starter that he was, he made some throws in practice that Mike's like, he's ready. You know, the Packers probably haven't had, had that time with Jordan Love, but you know, I, in hindsight, you know, I think they should have told Rodgers to go, you know, take a hike Uh the draft. They could have had, they won't be in salary cap hell. Um, you know, they would have more draft capital. Devonte Adams may even still be around. I don't know. Um, But I think it's just, this, uh, this whole reasoning is I ballastler's got his hands in this mess too and I think it boils down to the quarterback but I'm probably gonna write more about that um, this coming week but who anyway enough of that rant um so that takes <laughs>
2: side is 2020 right I mean we uh, it did work out for us uh, the the past three years and so it is uh It's, it's more easy to say once we're in the spot we're in, but I, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a surprise that the, just the complete difference uh, of the same team from four days prior, literally four days before the Titans game we like you said came back from a two score you know um decrement or uh, what is the word i'm looking for <laughs> we De- deficit deficit there we go <laughs> my brain is exhausted i had a long day of traveling um <laughs> we uh, like i just it's it's really wild i don't i i think we and we talked about it too like we were like this could be the turning point this um, this could be the game that, that turns it around for, for the Packers this season. I mean, we played like a team on Sunday and then on Thursday we were disjointed. We were, um, lifeless all over again. And it just doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't get it, but anyway, I (laughs) I digress. Uh, We are going to take a very quick break, guys, and, uh, and we'll be back with the cheddar part of our show. So we'll see you back here in just a minute.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: All right, we are back. Uh, so there are some silver linings, um, so to speak, from this, uh, lost 27 17 loss to the Tennessee Titans. And I hate to engage in some Schadenfreude, you know, Schadenfreude, you know, some su- enjoying some other people's suffering. Um, but you know, it, it needed to happen. Amari Rogers is no longer a member of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, by all accounts, great kid. The co- Matt LaFleur loved him but you know he said it like he said it himself it's a results business and his results were terrible seven career fumbles not even through two seasons i just it 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 needed to happen and i am it you know that it it was overdue but at least it's done
2: yeah i mean they did it they finally they finally did it it was a long time coming um and the I mean, Rogers, he's already found a new home with the Texans. So it's, it's good news all around. He's no longer, you know, on the Packers, but he has a job. So we're not celebrating someone, um, you know, being unemployed by, by any means. And it doesn't take away from, you know, the, the person he is. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, about that here. We're just, talking specifically about uh, his performance as a player. And it was detrimental to, to the Packers and, you know, and so they, they finally cut him, but I'm also really glad that he has another job and he's, he's found a new home. So it's good news all around.
1: Yeah, it it was, it was, it was definitely time though. I mean, I'm glad Brian Goodcast was finally able to admit that he screwed up and just, Took longer than it should have, um, but, you know, at, at least the problem has been rectified. No use crying over spilled milk. In um, uh, other happier news in terms of a receiver that it looks like he has gotten right, uh, Christian Watson. Woo! talk about speedy development, you know, after struggling with injuries and missing some time earlier. He has got five touchdowns in four days, in two games. Uh, leading, Leading all, I think that may have changed. I did not look at the stat line for George Pickens today, but going into today's games he was leading all rookie rookie wide receivers. Uh, and boy, they might they might have something there.
2: Oh, absolutely. I yeah, I um man, it's it's fun to watch him. He is a fun fun receiver to watch. He reminds me uh a lot of a a younger Devonte Adams. Like you you know the talent is there and it just takes a little bit of of fine tuning that craft to, to really make it shine. And I, I really think that Watson has it, which is very exciting as a Packer fan. Um, And this team, honestly, specifically the veteran players could learn a thing or two from Watson. I mean, he, he is able to bounce back from mistakes and use it as fuel to be better and to make plays the next time to make sure that he catches the ball the next time he doesn't let, the drops that he's had stop him from making these key phenomenal catches for us on, you know, on the offense in the last two weeks. And as long as he stays healthy, man, he has the potential and the drive to be great. And it's, I can't wait. I cannot wait to continue watching him.
1: Yeah. And his development is going to be something really good. If somebody like, I'm going to assume right now, operating on the assumption that Jordan Love or, It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers a quarterback next year. I'm operating under that assumption right now. Um, and I, the best thing you can do for a new quarterback, especially if it's a younger quarterback like a Jordan love is to have some receivers for him ready to go. And I mean, they're still going to be young, but you know, at least they'll have that development, you know, development there. That's, that could be the best friend, uh, for that wide receiver. And speaking of another best friend, solid veteran wide receiver, Randall Cobb returns from injured reserve and boy, he didn't show like he, much rust at all. He will say it again. The old man still got it.
2: Yes, he does. Oh man. I cannot even tell you how happy I was. Um, when I found out that he was going to be playing in, in this game, because I was going to be there for it. And, um, he's a, he's a really, really special player. And, um, the fact that I got to see him in real life, uh, it was really, really cool. And it made me so happy. And he didn't miss a single beat. I mean, it was, he caught all six targets for 73 yards. He was able to just heal quickly and come back just as strong, if not stronger, um, which is more than you could ever ask, uh, especially from a veteran receiver like him. I mean, man, is that I just, I love Cobb and um, he is, I think he's really needed for the culture and the locker room and, and on the field, um, you know, of course, but, but more than that, I think he's, he's really important to the team and the organization. So um, I just really happy to have him back and have him healthy um, and, you know, so hopefully he stays that way. We love you, Cobb. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say, you know, I think he, I'm pretty sure he's up on a contract after this year. I think he's worth keeping around and send Sammy Watkins out to pasture. I mean, Watkins has not worked out at all. And Cobb has got that rapport with Rodgers. He's definitely respecting the locker room. And I think, you know, okay, all these young kids are going to have a year under their belt. But I still think at least another year, you know, of solid veteran leadership in that room uh, is definitely needed. Uh, and somebody else that will definitely be back next year. And thankfully, after all the hullabaloo about his injuries, uh, David Bakhtiari was actually Pro Football Focus's top-rated offensive player uh, for the Packers. He was in the high 70s, just to show you how awful that uh, entire effort was on offense. But Bakhti- David Bakhtiari, you know, after being on a pitch count, you know, rotating series, you know, with Yash Nyman, looks like he's starting to round back into form.
2: Yeah. And, um, I, uh, I saw him run on the field a little slow a couple of times. And I do think the cold weather is likely contributing to, you know, some stiffness, um, of, of the knee, but clearly it didn't slow him down during the game. And, um, I mean, there's a reason the Packers didn't give up on him quote unquote during his injury. I mean, he, he is, great at what he does and he's he's one of the best to do it and uh god I'm so so happy that his his knee was able to you know he was able to bounce back from his knee injury um over time and I mean we need him we need him very very severely so uh it's yeah yeah <laughs>
1: So it, moving ahead, um, looking ahead now, coming up next, another primetime game, uh, Green Bay travels to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Uh, currently the NFC's top team, they won today, and the Vikings got pasted by the Cowboys. Uh, shout out Mike McCarthy for doing uh, yeah. Green Bay a solid there, even if it does only increases their odds, you know, 0.01% at this point. Uh, I think they're definitely, you know, do the Packers have a chance in this one? You know, we thought that way about Buffalo and they kind of gave them the fight, but you know, it's a one game season for green Bay. Now, every week out Matt LaFleur said it himself, you know, they lose one more game. They're, they're finished.
2: Yeah. My, my prediction here is that um, when the lines open up, the, the Packers are going to be double digit underdogs again. Um, And considering the Eagles and how strong they are this year. I mean, the I can't even I just I remember what it's like to be cheering for a team that that that's that good and I miss it, Chris. I miss it. This used to be the Packers.
1: <laughs> yeah, now everybody starts you now like especially like people your age are starting to realize, you know, what I went through as a kid, you know, when the pay I there are only about three, four years that I remember pre far, but it's 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 painful and I'd rather I'd rather have the winning for sure. Uh looking at the Eagles real quick, Jalen Hurts is probably gonna eat Joe Barry's lunch. I have no confidence uh that they're gonna be able to contain him. But on the positive side, uh their run defense at Philly was a little iffy. Uh looks like this could be another Aaron Jones
2: game. Yeah. Um I mean I I'm just going to be real honest. I don't think that we uh really have a chance. Um not against the Eagles and I felt the same against the Bills. Um but I was a little more optimistic at that point in the season and uh at this point I just I I, I would love to be wrong, but um but I, I really do not think that we are going to be able to pull it together in 10 days to, to beat the best team uh, in the league right now, arguably uh, not just the NFC. So yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Sorry folks. If you're coming here for a Homer podcast, you know, you have plenty of options out there, but uh, that's not us. <laughs> um, Finally, last, last note I'll make there, you know, making, keeping, taking care of Aaron Rodgers and hope to God he can be accurate. Um, last week, Philly had a nine sack performance against Washington. Uh, so protection of the quarterback is going to be key. Otherwise, we might see Jordan Love in a non garbage time role. Uh, and just hope to God Aaron Rodgers has enough time to throw it. Cause, uh, if he's going to be running for his life, he's going to be horribly inaccurate again. And that's normally, it feels so weird talking about that because that's usually where he thrives.
2: It always scares me, too, when we play teams like this, like when they have such strong defenses and, um, I mean, nine sack performance, that's insane. So I just I really hope that Rodgers does not get injured um, and that we are able to, you know, protect him. Um, yeah, I. You know, I, I think I really do believe that our season is is over. I think it's been over for a little bit. Um, I think the Cowboys game gave me gave me some hope uh, that it, sh- it showed us that we could get up and fight, showed us that we could show up for an entire game, but we just can't do it consistently, and that that's not going to win us anything, um, especially in terms of playoffs. So, I. I really would love to be wrong and I will be happy to say that I was if uh if after the Eagles game we win. So I mean uh either way
1: <laughs> I mean Philly's Philly's beatable Washington. You know, it's it still beat them. Um hard to believe, but uh well, they yeah, it's true. hard to believe Washington beat them and then they struggled against the Colts, you know with Jeff Saturday, I still don't understand that hire, but that's a whole nother rant for a whole nother podcast. Um, you know, the Colts gave them fits today too. So, I mean, anything's possible, but the Packers yeah. are in such, the Packers are in such chaos that I have, I have a vote of no confidence in the team's leadership to get this done.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that's what it comes down to is the, the decisions being made. Um, and the... Uh, yeah, I like I said, I hope I'm wrong, but I will definitely be watching and I'll be cheering them on just like normal, whether they win, lose or or tie. I'm always going to be cheering them on and watching them. So um, hopefully, hopefully they can pull it out and it can be like another Cowboys. We know, you know, you never know. Could be a good one. So we'll. Sure. we'll
1: True. Philly's a tough, tough place to play, though, and so starts maybe the winter of our discontent. Who knows? Um, but that'll just about do us, uh, do it for us this week. Uh, we will be back next week after hopefully a huge upset victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, until then, we'll see you next week and uh, go pet go. Go pack go. Bye
2: guys. See you next week.